Please turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, and before I forget and get in trouble, because this looks like this was Angie Page's handwriting, I think. Uh, it says, please announce the young at heart, 60 plus. Uh, we're having our Valentine's banquet in the back after the service. Uh, and even if you didn't sign up, you're welcome to come. She said, there's plenty to eat. Plenty to eat. So you're invited. We're going to try this again. This is the message from last week. I hope Hope's listening. I mean, Hope, are you listening? I hope Haley's listening. Uh, last several weeks, I cannot tell you how many times the word purpose has flashed in front of my face. Purpose. I, I mean, I've seen it while I'm reading, while I'm on social media, watching TV. I even had a former one of our church members who had to move away for a job. Uh, she sent me a private message after she had listened to one of these sermons on purpose a couple weeks ago to show me her bracelet that she had made with her word of the year that God gave her throughout this year. Can anybody guess what that, that, what that word is? Purpose. I think it was last week as I was leaving the sanctuary, I walked out on the front porch minding my own business, and Abby had on a t-shirt. Do you know, you know the t-shirt she had on, Glenn? It said, purpose, right across, I mean, right there on her shirt. I mean, it's everywhere. We have, in the last four weeks, looked at the purpose of the church, the purpose of the Christian, the purpose of man, and two weeks ago, we saw the purpose of pain, death, and suffering. Y'all hadn't heard those messages? They're live streamed. I mean, we live streamed and recorded them. They're on our church website. After last week, or excuse me, after two weeks ago, I really thought that I was done with this series on, on purpose. And as I prayed for God to give me insight and direction as to what to preach this morning, but instead of moving on to a different topic or series, I feel that God has given me at least two more, this one included, two more sermons considering purpose. So let's look at Isaiah chapter 14. We're going to start reading in verse 24. Isaiah 14, verse 24. Isaiah records these words from the Lord. He says, the Lord of hosts has sworn. Does any, the last word, does anybody else have a different word there in your version? Well, it, it, for, the, for sworn. Does anybody have a different word? For, it, it, anybody else have a different word than sworn? Sworn is a legal term. It, it is testifying. It is a telling of truth. It, it, is, it is looking at what he is about to say and classifying it as the truth. It's strong. When we swear... Did y'all ever get in trouble when you were your kid and you, you'd say, listen, I swear, and your mama was around you? But this is God. He is putting himself under oath. That's how serious what he's about to say is. So, so are you ready? The Lord of hosts has sworn. He's sworn in. He's getting ready to testify. As I have planned, so it will be. As I have purposed, so it will happen. I will break Assyria in my land. 
I will tread him down on my mountain. Then his yoke will be taken from them, and his burden will be removed from their shoulders. This is the plan prepared for the whole earth, and this is in the hand stretched out against all the nations. The Lord of hosts himself has planned it. Therefore, who can stand in its way? It is his hand that is outstretched. So who can turn it back? Let's go back to verse 24 again. That's our focal point this morning. Because what, what we see taking place in our scripture this morning is God is getting ready to remove Assyria and return Israel. Now, it didn't happen for some time, but God is he's saying, listen, it's going to happen. But we need to focus on why it's going to happen. Verse 24 says this, The Lord of hosts has sworn, As I have planned, so it will be. As I have purposed it, so it will happen. The title of this morning's message is this, A Purpose for Everything. Everything. So everything that I've preached the past four weeks on Sunday mornings, you can, it, you can fit under this umbrella. They need to be, to be preached individually, but they can all really be fit under this umbrella of purpose. There is a purpose and a plan for everything. God has a purpose and a plan, and it's his purpose and it's his plan. It doesn't matter whether we like it or not, it's God's plan. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, Lord, we love you and we praise you, and God, we thank you for this day. We pray that you would settle our hearts, Lord. You would be with us right now. You'd help us to hear a word from you. None of this is opinion. None of this is, is my thoughts, Lord. This, this is you. So, God, I pray that you would just help us to hear a word from you. Steady us. Help us to be attentive to you. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. amen. We, as individuals, have a purpose and a plan. God created us, as we learned a few weeks ago, that we would choose him. And after we choose him, we just don't come and, and okay, well, I, I, I've chosen God. I've got my get-out-of-hell-free pass. And so what, 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 I, what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to come and I'll sing a little bit and I'll raise my hand. I'll get excited sometimes and, I, you know, I, I'll come to church. No, God, God gave you a purpose and a plan. And your purpose and plan is this, to glorify the Lord God Almighty, to give glory to him and make his name known. That is why you were created. Well, I haven't done that. Well, you haven't lived up to, to what you created, God created you to be. I've said it a million times, and this is God's honest truth. Uh, God created each man that we might be a walking, talking billboard for him. Our lives would show display, not ourselves, but God, God living in us, God loving us. That's why we are here. That's why you are still here. Well, I had never done that. Well, you still have time. You do, but that's why you're here. As I stated earlier, we've been considering the purpose of several topics for the last few weeks, and we, we have had some clarity on what, we're, what their actual purpose was. But I want you to know that there are some things that I truly have no idea what their purpose is. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have a clue. I know, that, as you do, especially after reading our scripture this morning, that all things have a purpose. Can we agree with that? All things, all things have a purpose. God's purpose. 
but there are some things that I'm just not sure about, and I'm going to use my red tone here, at all. I, there's some things I'm not sure of at all. Number one, are y'all ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Yeah. All right, here we go. The one, one, number one thing that I am not sure of <clears throat> is skunks. Now, every now and then, Glenn, I'm, you work out in the country. I mean, do, do you get a whiff of one every now and then? Have you ever seen one out, out there on the farm? You hadn't, but you know they're there. Now, they're not as prevalent down here, and I guess it's due to our climate, but when I was a youth pastor in Monticello, Kentucky, I went to interview for the job one weekend, and the pastor is walking me around, and he's showing me the, the, the back of the church, and they had already built plats when they built the, the church they were in to, for future growth. There was a plat for a future family life center, and there was a plat, flat, I mean, it was graded, ready to go for an enlarged uh, sanctuary for the church. And, and as we're looking around the back of the field, I, I'm, I see movement out of the left corner, I mean, right corner of my eye, and, and I was like, man, look at there. And the pastor said, what, 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 is, what are you talking about? He said, I, I said, is that a cat? And he said, no. he said, that's a skunk. He said, back up slowly, just back up, back up. It was about from... I guess from me to, to, to Desi, and, and, and I mean, I, that, I guess we were dangerously close. But y'all in Monticello, Kentucky, they were everywhere. You'd see them crossing the street. You'd see them dead in the road. And if you saw one dead in the road, you better hold your breath. My, my wife, accidentally, on the way home from school one time, she ran over a skunk in her minivan. And she pulled into the carport. We didn't have the garage at the time. She pulled into the carport. Outside, air, blowing in and out of the carport. And she got in the house, and she came in the house, and y'all, ten minutes later, the whole house stunk like a skunk. Now, I, th I mean, I thought about this thing. I, I, don't, I don't know if this was God's way of, of protecting cats because, you know, Predators kill cat-like animals all the time. They do. And, and when predators go after a skunk, they get a mouthful. And they don't forget that. I, I don't know, because we need cats to kill rats and, and mice and stuff like that, right? Outside cats, not inside cats. We, 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 we're okay with outside cats, not inside cats. That's nasty. Angie, I love you, but that's nasty. I don't know what skunk. I'm gonna ask God about skunks. I really am. You know, God, what, what, what was you know, what, what, what's the purpose there? But there's something else I'm not unsure. I'm really unsure of. And and y'all know this made the list. Y'all know because where we live, it made the list. It made the list. I got bit this weekend. Is them sand gnats. All all animals have a plan and a purpose from God. We saw this. I mean, everything has a plan and a purpose. I don't understand what the plan is for the sand gnats. They're evil, y'all. They really are. I mean, I, I guess in some way in the ecology of things, and Miss Desi, I mean, I guess they break things down even smaller. I mean, a, a predator will eat a dead animal, then flies will eat the, what's left. And I, I guess sand that, I mean, they, they, they don't care. They'll eat anything. Anything that has life and blood, and they hurt, they're nasty, they're mean. I'm going to ask God about them sand gnats. Y'all, we didn't have sand gnats. I know this is hard for y'all to believe. We did not have sand gnats in the upstate of South Carolina. Do you have sand gnats in Tennessee? Thank God, right? Amen. They're evil. You can, you can walk through our beautiful field out here, 
towards the bus barn <clears throat> by yourself. And you can unlock the bus barn. You can walk in the bus barn, around the bus barn. You can drag your feet and nothing happens. But if you pull 50 people in there and make a circle and, and try to have trunk or treat, you're going to die. <laughs> and, and can I get a testimony? You are going to die. That's why I'm glad that Deborah and them finally, we, we have it out in the front right now. We have, I mean, and still, you, they fly over concrete. They're evil, y'all. I don't understand. I mean, I'm going to ask God about something, you know, after about a thousand years in eternity, I'm going to ask God about them saying that. But there's another one that I don't understand. And, and again, I understand that everything, especially, you know, it's called God made them to, to break down, what, you know, whatever. I, I don't understand the horsefly thing. Horseflies. I mean, we have regular flies that, that will, you know, they'll land on something dead and they'll, they'll drop their eggs and then, you know, larvae will come, the maggots will come, and they'll eat what's dead. It breaks down. It, you know, keeps the earth clean, Right? We've got flies. Why do we need a horse a fly? <laughs> I mean, flies, Gary, flies good enough, right? But he, we have horse flies. And those things are almost as evil as sand hats. Y'all, I've been out in my boat in the sound, and I'm uh, the sound, you know, Gary, out there at the, 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 the mouth of the sound, where you see the ocean, would you say that it's, I mean, good three quarters of a mile from land to land or more? Is it, what, you think it's more? I mean, they're out there, y'all. If you're in the middle, they chase you down. And find, you know, Amy and I have been out there sometimes. Just I'm, not, I'm out there shark fishing, minding my only business. And you can hear them. And they circle the boat. And I guess it's the white. Are they attracted to white, Gary? I, and, and they land on you. Sometimes you don't even feel I mean, they're big as a quarter, and they'll land on you, and you don't feel it until they light you up. And then you just say, Amy, hold, just hold on. We're we going to get away from these things. And I'll get in the boat, and I, I mean, I'll, re I'll go just 35 miles an hour to get away from them. Say, I'm done. Turn it off. Ten minutes later, there's 15 in the boat with you. Eating you alive. Horseflies are evil, y'all. They're evil. I don't know what their purpose is. There's one more I'm going to tell you. I love ants. I do. They have a purpose. They really do. I, I, I always wanted, when I was a kid, some, somebody brought a fire, uh, uh, excuse me, an ant farm to school. And our, our teacher, we watched the ants, and, you know, we'd put sugar on top or some sort of food, and they would carry it down the holes, and you could see the baby ants. I love that. I, I, I get, we, we, there's, there's a need for ants. I don't know what the purpose is for these fire ants, though, y'all. I, I'm going to tell you, I know Scripture tells us that we're not to hate anything. I hate fire ants. I do. Because they're sneaky. They're, they're, they're more sneaky than the, the, the horse flies, and they're more sneaky than, than the, the uh, uh, sand gnats. This is what they'll do. If one climbs up you and finds its way, you might not know it for an hour. I mean, you'll be sitting down watching TV, and you'll, ooh, ooh. What was that? And, and you, you know, starts to bite you, Warren, by itself. You, you find it and you kill it because it's going to die, right? But most of the time, you're minding your own business. You're tilling your garden. And you're just going through your garden. All of a sudden, 
your world is rocked. Why? Because you've got not one, not two, Mitchell, but 80 all over your leg, and they get on you, and then one of them says, all right, boy, sound the trumpet. We're going to light him up. And 80 all at one time just lights you up your leg. And then you realize, and then everything that touches your body from that point on, you know what it is? It's a fire ant. For the rest of the day, it's a fire ant. And I don't know what it does to you, but it leaves whelps on my toes. I mean, some of them turn like a white, just nasty. I want to ask God about those fire ants. I, I, there ain't no sense in all that biting and carrying on. There's not. Not. Now, listen to this. Let's, let's transition here for a second. There are some things that I didn't know, but now I do know. There's some things that I encountered as I was growing up. I didn't have a clue what their purpose was, but I know now, and I like that. I like learning new things. Here's number one. When I was a kid and I grew up in, in, in TKK, South Carolina, on Lake Wiley, in the summer times, I didn't have shoes on. I didn't. It's, as soon as the, the sun came up, I was running down on the dock to check my catfish line to see if I'd caught anything during the night. And then as soon as I checked it or I'd take the catfish off, I'd like throw it back out there. And then I'd get my brim pole and I'd barefoot going around the lake trying to find the brim. And I'd have a basket load for it when Daddy got home. Y'all, I didn't know there was a catch limit on Lake Wiley my whole life. Y'all know when I quit fishing? When I ran out of crickets. When I couldn't find any worms. That's when I quit. And I, I mean, I, I broke the law, y'all. But this is what happened is I'm walking around the edge of water, the, the water. Every now and then, barefoot now, I would step on these evil little prickly balls. You know what they're called? Sweet gumballs. L listen, if you're not saved and you're barefoot and you step on one of them sweet gumballs, the brown ones, you're going to cuss, I'm telling you. You're going to cuss. And listen, and if you are walking around barefoot and you are a Christian and you step on one of those, you either going to think about a cussing or you're going to Christian cuss. You know what Christian, you just slam your pole down. Those things, they're nads. They're nads. There's, I'm, what in the world, God, why did you, I mean, what? come on. I mean, why couldn't you just made the, the reproductive of the tree like a helicopter, like you do with the maple trees? You just, you see, just fall to the ground. This evil spiky ball to light your world up. But y'all, I learned something. And Desi, you probably knew this. If you, I mean, do you, do you know that the, the sweet gum and the green, when it's green, you can pick those balls and you can cut them in half, and you can boil them in water and make a tea. And do you know what's in that tea? You know, you know what it is? Anybody? It's Tamiflu. <gasps> Tamiflu. Do y'all remember a few years ago when Tamiflu was on scarce I mean, supply? You couldn't find Tamiflu anywhere? You got it growing in your backyard in the green, prickly, nasty balls. <laughs> yeah. I, I found the purpose. Still don't know about the fire ants and all the other. I, I don't know that. But there's, here, there's another one. How many of y'all have Roundup at your house? Anybody have Roundup or a form of Roundup at your house? Yeah, 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 yeah. What do, what do, you, what do you spray Roundup on? 
weeds. Well, I tried it on my mother-in-law and it didn't work. <laughs> but it's weeds, just growing your shrub beds, growing your garden. That, that, yeah, you spray it. You want to kill weeds. How, how many of y'all, when y'all were kids, y'all walk out in the field and y'all see the yellow flowers everywhere? Little yellow flower, you boy. And then after the yellow flower bloomed, guess what came up after it? A dandelion. That's right. I remember y'all, my dad, my dad always wanted a pristine, beautiful fescue grass yard. And he did for the most part, but in the spring, dandelions would pop up. And we'd go out there and we'd pick a dandelion. Don't touch, don't touch, don't touch that, because he'd want to go out there and cut the head off and, and you know, and don't you blow one of those things. <laughs> don't blow it. You know why? Because there's a million seeds on top of it. When you blow it, whew, all those seeds go in that grass. So people would start spraying to kill them, right? Do you know the dandelion? Scientists have been studying dandelion. And do you know it is one of the, the greatest heart health things there is out there? Dandelion. Smart people dig the dandelion root up. Clean it. Don't just stick it in your mouth. You hear me? Because somebody's going to go out there and see one, and they're going to do it. Clean it. Make a tea out of it. You can chew it. You can eat it. Every bit of it is, is I mean, has unbelievable medicinal purposes. Desi, am I right? Yeah, dandelion. You can buy dandelion extract pills for your heart. It's, it's crazy. I used to love dandelions, but now I love them for a different reason. There's something else. Y'all, I learned this, and it made me mad. How many of y'all like spaghetti? Sp spaghetti, let me say it right, spaghetti. Do you know my, just about my whole life, I'd boil water, throw my spaghetti noodles in there and let, the, let them cook, and I'd put my colander in the sink, and, and I, I'd take my, my spaghetti and I'd pour, my, pour the water off into the sink. Do y'all still do that? Any of y'all still do that? Yeah, yeah. Listen, you know what? You know the right way to do it? You stick the colander in the pot and you pour the water off. How many of y'all knew that? I didn't know that. I love learning new things. Here's something else I knew. Listen, do y'all know on most new cars, how many of y'all have a car in here that's like 2003 and up? Okay, how many of y'all have a car that's older than 2003? Yeah, I, okay, it's okay. Do you know if you look at your gas gauge, there is an arrow. It looks like a triangle, and it's pointing in a direction. Do you know, you know what that arrow's for? So when, you're, when you wake up and you're on your way to work and you're, you're just kind of in a dumbfounded stupor state, you look down at your gas gauge to remember which side your gas, your gas tank's on. Somebody, how many of y'all never knew that? Anybody? Everybody knew that one? You didn't know that, Mrs. Edie? Go look at your car. You're going to say, Brother Kyle taught me something new today. I'm going to bring him some more cheese from New York City. <laughs> Church, I love, love learning new things that I never knew before. It just, it just thrills me. Now, some of y'all are sitting here thinking, okay, okay, what in the world does any of this have to do with God and the verses we read this morning? Well, I'm glad you asked. Wake up because you're getting ready to hear. You're getting ready to find out. The table's been set. Now we're going to serve. You ready? ready? All right, here we go. Church, we need to always remember our scripture this morning. 
maybe this is one that, that we need to write down on a piece of paper and tape this one up to our bathroom mirror to see and to remember. And this is what he, this is what he said in verse 24. As I have planned, it will be. It, it's going to be. As I have purposed, so it will happen. Church, nothing, nothing catches God off guard or by surprise. Nothing. Fire ants don't catch God by surprise. Sand gnats, horse flies, nothing catches God. Skunks don't catch God by surprise. As a matter of fact, I think some of them people in Kentucky, he sends them skunks to their houses. <laughs> he does. You know, they'll burrow under a house, y'all. Can you imagine that? I, can you imagine how much it costs to get an exterminator to come out there and get, oh, no. God is never caught off guard or by surprise. Church, we need to stop getting so worked up about things that are happening in this world. We do. Let me say that again for those of y'all who weren't listening. You caught the last end of that. We need to quit getting so upset about things that are going on in this world. Myself included. Really. We got to stop. We got to stop it. One, because of this. This is not our home. It's not. It's not our home. And number two, because what we see happening cannot be stopped. Well, wait a minute, Brother Kyle. Wait a minute, Brother. Hold, hold, hold on here a second, Brother Kyle. I know in 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says this, and if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, just call on me and humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I, God, will forgive their sin and heal their land. Uh, church, the more I study that, and I, I encourage you to do this as well, the more I study this, I, I, I ponder this verse, I really believe that God means this for an individual more than a nation. Well, Brother Kyle, can you put meat to that? Can, can you prove that? Well, think with me here. When have you ever seen a nation draw closer to God? Have you ever seen a, a nation draw closer to God as a whole? I've seen nations push further away from God, but never draw nearer to God. Why is this important for us to know? Because we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ need to be calm in a time of calamity. We do. Do you hear me? I don't know why God didn't want this preached last week, but he wanted it preached this week. It was ready. It was hot off the presses last week. But it was, you know, God wasn't ready. He, he calls the services to be shut down. So somebody's hearing it this morning that needs to hear it today and not last week. We as Christians, we as believers need to be calm during a time of calamity. You do understand that a time of calamity is coming. The book of Revelations and book of Daniel speak of times of calamity coming. And as we understand our scripture this morning, it ain't going to be stopped. It's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Well, Brother Kyle, what, what, what are you talking about time of calamity? Well, I don't know if y'all have been paying attention, but just this week, 
A group of sheriffs met in a national convention and a sheriff in Florida came back to his hometown and he said, listen to me, listen to me. What we are seeing, what we're hearing, people of Florida, in my county, I am I'm supposed to be preparing you. You need to buy firearms and learn how to use them. You do realize that they've been talking about the grid. Be careful. If the grid shuts down, uh, you know, we, we don't know what will happen. Well, what's the grid? That's where all your electricity comes from, right? And if, you know, put, just think about this. When a hurricane comes through and your electricity is off for a week, and that happened a few years ago when Matthew came through. I think we were out for seven or eight days. What happens? Well, if you're on city water, you, you don't have water a lot of times. You, you don't have electricity. You don't have cable. You don't have internet. You have none of that. Well, Brother Kyle, listen, we, 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 we made it six, seven, eight days. You did. But think about that on a scale of two to three to four months to five months. And we're not talking about in Savannah. We're, we're not talking about in Georgia. We're talking about nationwide. Well, Brother Kyle, are you, are you a conspiracy theorist? I'm just listening. I want you to understand that we as Christians, God is telling us that during a time of calamity, we need to have our heads on. We need to be reasonable. Because I don't know what's going to happen. You can feel something's going to happen. And Scripture says, listen, Scripture says that in times... All, we're, we're heading towards something like this. I don't know what's going to happen. But Scripture dictates that something is going to happen. I was talking to a friend, a pastor friend last night, and I, he doesn't know where I stand as far as pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. And, and, I, and I said, well, look, I said, I want you to understand, I, I am a, a pre-trib. I don't know how long we're going to be here before Jesus raptures the church, but I'm perfectly content in, in, in the knowing that, that God knows and he, he, he knows when everything's going to take place. But as we get closer to the time of end, church, we need to be calm. Why? Because the Word's told us to. Well, Frank, we know something's coming. And when it comes, we need to be able to tell people how to find Jesus. We do. You do understand, by looking very close at our Scripture this morning, that God not only knows what is happening in the world, things that are happening he knows in your life. Other scriptures tell us that he knows the numbers of hairs on our head. Well, it's easy to count mine. But he knows the numbers of hairs on your head, the grains of sand on the earth, the number of stars that are in a night sky. Church, by understanding the wisdom of God, you have to realize that things are going on in your, in your life. God has either orchestrated himself or he has allowed to happen, not for your harm, but for your good. Do you understand that God knows you way better than you will ever know yourself? Now, I have to tell you, sometimes... I resent God for putting things in or allowing things in my life from time to time, and then I have to have a come-to-Kyle meeting. Y'all ever had to have a, a, a come-to-yourself meeting? And this is why. When God did not put them there and they only remain there, 
because you're not willing to fully give them back to God. Something's in your life, and it's not God's fault. God didn't put it there. And the only reason it's still there is you're not willing to give it back to God. Now, church, when we finally come to understand our scripture this morning, we realize that God has a plan and a purpose for everything. Everything is at his will for a great reason. And the reason is this, to give him glory. Everything. We might understand some things, but there's some things we're not ever going to understand. We weren't meant to understand, but they are here for one reason, and that is to give God glory. Everything we see with our eyes, hear with our ears, touch with our fingers has a purpose, and that purpose is to glorify God. Now look at yourself. That's your plan. That's your purpose, to glorify God. What does this ultimately mean? that we're here to glorify God. Church, I'm about done. Hold on with me. I have no control over nature. None. If I did, I'd stop the, the, the red maples from throwing this pollen out in, in, in the first part of February. February. But I have no control over nature. God is in control and I'm good with that. I'm not in control of anything that has that is going on in this world. But God is, and I'm good with that. I have no control over politics in this world. But God is, and I'm good with that. I'm not in control with the depths of depravity that this world has sunk into. I'm just not. But God is... And I'm good with that. I'm not in control, listen church, of the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Savannah this year. <laughs> Y'all know St. Patrick's Day is on Sunday this year, right? Now they're going to have it on Saturday. I thought they were having it on Sunday and half the church was going to be gone, but they're, no, they're having it on Saturday this year and not Sunday. I, I'm not in control of that. God is in control of that as well, and I, I'm, I'm good with that. Let's get a little closer to home, as close as I can possibly get myself before I close this sermon out. You ready? I, and this is hard, I am not in control of growing this or any church, making people get along, persuading people to be faithful in attendance and tithing, or serving in the church. God is in control of all of that. My job is to preach his gospel message faithful, faithfully and to love him and love others as he has loved me. Church, listen, when I do this, when I do this, when I give God control of, of, of what I know he's in control of, do you know what that does for me? Get this. Y'all aren't going to believe this. When I give him control, I acknowledge, God, I have no control. You're in all control. This is what happens. It frees me up to do what God desires all of us to do to the fullest, and that's glorify his name and make his name known. I'm, I'm free. I'm free. When, I, when all that worry, Steve, when all that fear is gone, it frees me up 
to glorify God. I, I see people all the time, and you, you, can't, you can't go anywhere without people talking about the, the upcoming election. The upcoming election. Y'all do understand this. Listen to me. I, I want to free y'all up. Y'all ready? You ready? If the machines don't change, ain't nothing going to change. If the same voting machines are still in effect as the last election, ain't nothing going to change. I mean, don't let it upset you. You, you know why? Because God is in control. He's always been in control. And it frees you up because you're not all, all upset the, the next morning. And you can glorify God. As a matter of fact, you, you, can, you can get on social media and you can write this, I knew it was going to happen because Brother Kyle said it was going to happen. Church, we need to be at peace that we might glorify God the way he deserves to be glorified. Church, we've got to let things go. And we've got to, that we have no business trying to control. And what it's given, and, and, and be in control of what's given us to control. I can't fix you, but I can certainly fix me for the glory of God. Now understand, this is the last sentence. I so want to be perfectly positioned in my spiritual life to glorify God the way he deserves to be glorified. Do you? Is that where you want to be? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. Lord, this is your time of invitation. Help us to do what this message is about, Lord, and that's to glorify your name during your invitation. Lord, if there's somebody here this morning who's never accepted you as their personal Savior, I pray that today will be the day of salvation for them. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if you want to come spend some time at the altar, the altar's open for you. Will you come?